0: Hi, this is Daniel Trainer, and you are listening to Level Playing Field.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Level Playing Field podcast. Level Playing Field is my podcast. My name is Randy Boos, where I interview people who are LGBTQ and involved in sports. Before we get to this week's episode, I want to go over something real quick. I will be taking the next two weeks off to celebrate Christmas and New Year. I'll be back in early January with all new episodes. This week's episode is with Daniel Trainer. I first heard of Daniel when I listened to his podcast, Same Team, last year. He has been podcasting for almost two years now. It's an interview-style show interviewing LGBTQ people involved in sports as well. I've enjoyed his his podcast and i was glad that we both were able to join the out sports podcast network part of this interview involves talking about wrestling it involves talking about reality tv daniel worked at tmz he's worked for fox sports detroit he's worked with the la clippers Um, we go over some of experiences it's not a normal episode we don't do the coming out story as much we just talk we do a bit bullshit really it was a lot of fun talking to daniel um, I hope you enjoy this episode. And without further ado, here is Daniel Trainer. Welcome, Daniel, to the podcast.
0: Thank you very much. This is a long time coming, uh, Randy. I'm I'm honored to be on here.
1: Yeah, it's a little odd to be talking to you on this because it's just different i usually just listen
0: (laughs) i know well i feel the same way i know i sort of feel like i'm talking to a podcast despite the fact that not to spoil anything for listeners you and i have met in person i still Mm -hmm. uh, i know i still feel like i'm talking uh to somebody that i just listen to uh frequently so yeah there's a sort of a weird sensation but one i'm very excited to be having
1: sweet me too this won't be like a normal episode We'll go into your story a little bit just because there's things I want to find out about you. Oh God! Um, we're just going to have fun. We'll talk sports. We're going to talk Bravo TV. Yes. And then I'm going to ask you about wrestling even though I'm not a fan. I used to be. Oh, I was.
0: Pre- I know. I was prepared to, uh, to sort of talk some wrestling and convince you why it's one of the best
1: things on earth. Yeah. I'm telling I, you. I, I go in and out of wrestling and... Like during the uh the war years with WWE. Sure. Yeah. I was a fan. I don't know, I just can't get into it right now.
0: That's fine. I mean, I understand that. I don't begrudge anybody who isn't a wrestling fan. I mean it's something that I mean, here I am going on my spiel already, but uh it's you know, it's something that I've grown up with my entire life and have literally never stopped watching, um, except for maybe like a period in college. Uh, very briefly but it's just like been something that's been around forever like it's never it's never felt like a conscious choice to watch it's just always been there you know
1: what part of the wrestling do you like the best the actual wrestling or the story and characters uh
0: I mean you know good wrestling and and my favorite wrestling is is a wonderful combination of both of those things and and you know I, I think the way that I can describe it best to people is like you know I, I love sports, obviously, but I also love entertainment and I love movies and TV and all of that stuff. And I love drama. Uh, and And pro wrestling is really the best intersection of those two worlds, right? I mean, they call it sports entertainment. It's just like it's unbelievable athleticism. And I mean, that's one thing I would say to you and anybody who isn't currently watching wrestling now or who hasn't watched wrestling in a while the stuff that they're doing in the ring now is just so unbelievable. I mean, the, the heights of athleticism are are, are just crazy. And it, it's such a different product than it was 10 or certainly 20 years ago. Um, you know, so it, it's that, but it's, it, it's, it's everything. It, it's, it's everything that I want in life just sort of combined into, into one thing. It, it's men and women at the peak of their athletic abilities uh, telling stories at the same time. It's just great.
1: See, I can get into it if the stories were cool and and the same like they are now, but the wrestling was like five ten minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, some yeah that that doesn't happen too. I mean, if you're watching like a TV match, that'll happen or something. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah, the matches can be very long. I mean, what I suggest to people who are who are maybe trying to get into wrestling or or maybe not even trying, but just sort of interested in it, um. I go to a show, go to like an independent wrestling show. And there are plenty where you live. Um, Like, you know, you can get like a $20 ticket and go see some like unbelievable independent wrestling men and women who will like be in WWE probably within the next five years. Um, And it's just unbelievable. And when you see it with with your own eyes, just like mere feet away from you, it really gives you such an appreciation for it. That's what I would urge people to do who maybe don't get wrestling is like, go see it live. It's kind of that same thing with like hockey in a weird way. Like people are like I don't like hockey. It's so boring. And like, well, have you ever seen it live? Like, well, no. I'm like, okay, we'll go to a hockey game and get back to me cuz it's it's such a different thing in person as you know.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. Um and I've been to live wrestling. Uh, okay, fine, fine, fine. Where, um
0: what have you been to?
1: San Jose, at the arena. it was WWF or yeah, WWF then, but Okay. This is I'm, back when they had the, what is it? The corporation um, test. Uh, shit. Test is dead. I,
0: I'm sure all the people that you saw that night are dead.
1: Well, listen, wow. I, wow. That's just.
0: I make no. Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, this is uh, the whole other side of it is the fact that pro wrestling as a business, uh, there's a lot of uh, bad stuff you can say about it, particularly WWE. Um, there's, you know, it, it's a wild world. But yeah, like it's. I mean, this is very morbid, but, you know, the WWE Network is a thing uh, that I love because it has every WWE pay-per-view on it ever. And so, you know, routinely I'll go back and just watch an old show. And a game I like to play is, you know, if I'm watching a show from like the 80s or 90s, it's like, um, okay, which wrestlers in this match are still alive? And very, uh, very often is it more than one.
1: Wow, that is very morbid. I very,
0: very rarely, very rarely, I should say, is it more than one. Uh, yeah, it's a little morbid, but <laughs> <laughs> what are you
1: going to do?
0: Wow. That is fun to look up if, you know, test is still alive. Test uh, test is dead. Yeah, R.A.P. R.A.P. test.
1: Wow, that just, like, blew my mind.
0: Yeah, it's a fun game. Everybody at home should uh, urge you to play it over the holidays with your family.
1: What's your favorite era of wrestling? And you know, I swear this wasn't supposed to be like a wrestling podcast, but what's your happen- favorite? What's Talk. your favorite era of wrestling?
0: You know, it, it's it's easy to say the Attitude Era, which is when you know WWF at the time was, I, I think most would argue, at its peak. You know, when you have The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin and Degeneration X and The Undertaker and you know, yada yada yada, and they're sort of competing with WCW at the time, so that makes the product better because they had a competitor, which they sort of do now uh, with All Elite Wrestling, this new company that is, uh, you know, really blossomed over the past year and is is a challenger to them, a formidable one for the first time in in quite a while. So the Attitude Era is the easy answer, Um and, and I do love that, but I'll be honest. I mean, I I look back. Within the past five years, um, there have been some of my favorite matches in in wrestling history. So I, I, I like where we are now. It's pretty easy to begrudge the WWE product sometimes, and I do it all the time. But it's it's a really remarkably hard thing to do. I mean, they're putting on, if you, if you count Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, which is the show that is on USA now, they're putting on three weekly live wrestling shows a week um, and routinely a pay-per-view on the weekend and all sorts of other events. It's, it's unbelievable what they do. So I like where we are right now uh, with NXT, what NXT has sort of been able to do in the past, like three or four years, I'm just such a fan of. So uh, I, I think I might say that is sort of like, if I can get a, a little bit of a specific uh, answer. I-, I like what NXT has been for the past three or four years. I think consistently, that's been my favorite era of wrestling to watch because they never, they never fail to deliver.
1: Really? Yeah, because they're coming to Santa Cruz in a week or two, and I thought about going, taking my son. But you
0: should go. It's honestly, it would be really, really. Great. And because those NXT shows are a lot smaller, you know, you're in smaller venues, the people, the the, the the men and women who are on the NXT roster right now are so good. It's so stacked and loaded that it's crazy. You'll see some amazing stuff. I mean, you should absolutely go. Cause I bet you could get a decent ticket for like, 40 bucks and then you go and not that 40 bucks isn't anything especially if you're not really a wrestling fan but it uh i I think you should go i think you'd be really amazed at at the spectacle of it
1: we'll see we will see (laughs) let's get off of wrestling though for a little bit that's fine so you went to school you've talked about uh michigan state that's correct um was it what was your degree in
0: uh journalism
1: when you graduated from Michigan State, what was your goal? Were you hoping to get into newspaper or even though newspapers was dying at the time still? <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, was that your goal? or or uh... Because like you said, we, we hung out one night at a hockey game in October. And yeah. so you told me a little bit of stuff. So I know a little bit. Or was your goal always to, like what you did with the Clippers with your game night stuff?
0: No, it, it the goal was really to kind of work in sports TV, and that's what I did for a while. When I was so when I was at Michigan State for three years, I worked for the uh, what used to be called the sports the sports information department, which changed its name while I was there to the athletic communications department. Um, and I did that because I just wanted to be around the athletic department. I mean, I was a rabid Michigan State athletic fan, and still am. And so that felt like a great way to be around the, uh, the athletic department that got to work all the games, um, and and also be around the media. It's funny because in college, I didn't really do much actual journalistic work outside of the classroom. Like a lot of my friends, uh, wrote for this, uh, for the paper wrote for the state news. I never did. I never really did any broadcasting stuff all the writing uh and on air stuff i did was in class so in when i was in college it was it was really just focused on working with the athletic department and then my senior year of college i got an internship at fox sports detroit which was fantastic um and i transitioned that into a job post grad they brought me on as a pa uh which you know i think pa has sort of a certain connotation but when i was at fox i mean uh, being a PA really meant you had a lot of responsibility, so I was doing a lot of different stuff. But it was it, it was a great place to be as a 22-year-old fresh out of college. I mean, because a, I was getting to work Red Wings games, which you know I, I'm a die-hard Red Wings fan, and so that was a dream. And getting to be down at Joe Louis Arena and and doing all the stuff with the Wings was. Incredible, especially looking back. You know, you like don't really appreciate it as much when you're doing it because it's just your life and a job, and you know, you just are trying to get through the day. And working there was uh interesting, to say the how,
1: least. How did you get involved with hockey? How did you become a fan?
0: Just from like a hockey family. I mean, I'm from Michigan originally, so you know, it's kind of ingrained in you uh for the most part from from birth. And my family was has always been a hockey family. I never played. My brother did. My brother played all the way up until college. So most of my childhood was, you know, following him around, going to his games. I got really into it. Like I would write newsletters for his teams and stuff. I like, you know, I when he was in like, like like squirt or Peewee or something. So he's like a little he's like a little kid. I like would write game recaps. And like print them out of my parents' home computer and like pass them out to like the parents and stuff. Which is is so embarrassing to think. think Like a little nerdy. Nerdy and just weird and like what are you doing but like I just knew that I liked sports and covering them and writing about them and so I just that's just what I did but um yeah like a bunch of my like uh, a bunch of my cousins have played hockey I mean also I mean it certainly doesn't help or doesn't hurt growing up as a kid when the when the Red Wings are what they were you know they're very lucky to be a Red Wings fan growing up um when they were so good and you know one four Stanley Cups uh, in my very sort of, you know, influential years, certainly two, you know, the ones in 97 and 98, I was nine and 10 years old. There's really no better time to be influenced by a, by a sports team when you're a kid. So they've always been a huge part of my life. So it's just always kind of been there just being from Michigan. And then also just being from a family who played it a lot. It's just always been
1: around. So then what, like you were saying before, when I interrupted Going to work at Fox Sports Detroit, working the games, was it like a surreal moment then? Was it?
0: It definitely, it definitely was. Yeah. I mean, it was, there were some like pinch me moments, definitely. Like, you know, I I was always, I was always one of the PAs who was just trying to do everything he could just like, like, I would just, I would ask to go to practice, you know, like even if I didn't really have to be there. Um, I just wanted to go because I thought it would be fun, you know. And, and then you know, a, a couple of times, one of my producers, this guy Brian, who is wonderful, one of the uh, the handful of people at Fox in Detroit who I love, uh, and he's uh, he left in his back now, which makes me happy. He would he would give me the responsibility of like coming up with you know, I would go down to practice and he'd be like, Hey, take the mic. Just like, you know, ask questions, go around the locker room. It's like, we'll get guys on camera and ask them what you want to ask. And we'll see if we, it works for the show. You know Uh, there's the, the pregame show uh, he was producing. So I would go around and just like have the mic and I would, you know, we get the camera on some guys in the locker room after morning skate and I would just, I would ask them questions. And that, I mean, that for me is was such a dream and such a surreal moment at, at at 22 or 23, just being in the Red Wings locker room, uh, you know, going up and asking guys questions almost as like a peer, you know, it it was, that was huge. So I I tried to do as much of that stuff as possible. I mean, it it is, like I said, when you're in those moments, at least for me, it's kind of difficult to appreciate because you are working and you're just trying to keep your head above water sometimes because live TV can be such a crazy experience. Um, especially when you're working with uh, a lot of boneheaded middle-aged straight men, (laughs) <laughs> um you're just trying to you're just trying to do your best but uh yeah I mean it, it was it was really crazy I mean I'm able to look back now in you know having it be in the rear view for for quite a while now and say wow I mean those experiences are are pretty special and pretty cool especially you know I was working games at Joe Louis Arena which isn't there anymore you know it's 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 it makes me feel old um but yeah I mean those experiences were crazy but yeah I mean I knew I wanted to work in sports television somehow. I think eventually the goal was to kind of do on-camera stuff. But, um, you know, I just kind of got into this sort of producing world when I was there. And then I was fired after two years, which is a whole story. But, um, yeah, it, it was sort of working in sports TV was the goal from kind of college on um and then once i got out to la where i where i live now it's been sort of more entertainment type stuff and now i'm getting back into sports podcasting and writing which i'm sure we'll get to but yeah it was college uh, college and post grad for the first couple of years was was focused on trying to work in sports tv in whatever way i could were you out
1: when you were at fox sports detroit
0: well it's an interesting question randy uh I, to some people I was. Um, Some of my best friends in the world to this day are people I worked with there. I actually got a a lovely message today from one of my producers uh, when I was there uh, asking for some assistance with something. And I I have friends who I talk to all the time who knew I I was out to, and they were very cool and understanding with it. But when it came to my bosses and people like that, I think they knew. Um, but I, I, we never had conversations about it. Um, and then it sort of came to a head once when I was <laughs> working a, a, a high school basketball game up in East Lansing. Uh, and, uh, one of my bosses, we sort of like went through a door at the same time and he just had this look and we almost like sort of ran into each other. And my boss just had this look of disgust on his face and looked at me and just said, Oh, you're so gay. And mm-hmm. I, it was at that point I was like, "Oh, okay." But you know, you're you're in these environments where when you're in a. Wait, wait,
1: wait, wait! Why did he say that?
0: I nobody knows. And and two days later, he fired me. So I, oh. it, it, it's it's uh, listen. I don't know. I, I I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that was all about. Um, but it was uh, it was an experience to say the least. But it's like you're in this environment and. When you're in a live production truck, anybody who's worked in one can attest it's it's a very high pressure, high stress environment. And you know, you there are a lot of words flying around, and you like I said, you're working with largely these middle-aged straight men who have no problem throwing around gay slurs because they they feel, I think, comfortable in that environment. I don't think that they could ever imagine there'd be a gay person around. So they they just freewheel it and do whatever they want. So I I was out to uh, certain people, ones who I knew would be okay with it, and thank God for them, or else I would have gone totally crazy. But my bosses and and sort of some more important people there at the time, I was kind of afraid of them knowing because I heard the way that they they talked and the way that they were derogatory towards anybody who might be even the slightest bit different. So I tried to hold it as close to the best as I could around them because I was just... You know, scared.
1: So you actually heard people saying homophobic stuff in the TV booths and in the, I the mean, trucks and everything.
0: Almost every day, yeah. Really? I, mean, I shouldn't say almost, I shouldn't say almost every day, but yeah, all the time.
1: Yeah, it's I mean, it's, it's weird, it, it, and I don't know if it's the difference between Northern California and Detroit or what, but <laughs> I I did uh, game night stuff for the Sharks years ago with their media, and then a visiting team locker room, and I never heard the players say stuff. I never heard the media people say stuff. It was just different.
0: I just think there is such a specific person that I worked with in in those two years, and it's 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 just there were so many of them. These men who were just in their fifties have been working in live TV for for decades, just worn down by it, kind of bitter, kind of angry everybody's cold <laughs> you know, like in a production truck outside in, mm-hmm. G- in january everybody's mad and yeah i mean stuff would come out all the time um and it was yeah it, it it was a very uneasy place to be i think for not i mean not only just for me for people for anybody who's even the slightest bit progressive it was uncomfortable sometimes. But what are you going to do? You know, like I wish I could have been that person who at 22 years old would have stood up and say, "Hey, you can't say that." Yeah. But like, I'm not, you know, I I don't know. I wasn't that strong at 22 years old to stand up to my boss and be like, "Please don't say faggot. I, you know, I'm right here, <laughs> you know?" Yeah. But, you know, in retrospect, yeah, of course I wish I would have done that, but I I don't I don't I don't Uh, I don't think it's, it's crazy that I didn't, you know, like I said, I was just trying to get through the day. I was just trying to do my job and certainly didn't want to be some black sheep who, who spoke up. So yeah, it was, it was difficult. And, you know, I think ultimately at the end of my time there, unfortunately, just kind of felt like working in sports TV wasn't for me, which was a kind of a discouraging place to be. Like I said, coming from, you know, working at this place that on many nights was a dream job it was you know it was discouraging at the end because i felt like i'd been forced out by this world that i kind of so desperately wanted to be a part of it's just like well all right that's kind of what i thought would happen unfortunately
1: so when you get fired then what what do you do next i mean is that when you come to california or
0: yeah well it's funny i was thinking about this the other day so i got fired and then my boss who fired me the one who called me gay. Was like, all right, you're fired because you aren't doing enough, which was crazy. But he's like, but uh, we need you to stay here for two more months. And, (laughs) And I and being just like this scared little kid I was, I was like, okay. so I got fired and then proceeded to come into work every day for like two more months, which is so crazy to think back on. But also, like, I didn't have enough like I didn't have any other job? Like I needed the money, you know. So like, what was I gonna do? I guess a bigger, better person would have been like, "Fuck you, I'm not coming back." Yeah. But I was like, "Okay, uh see you tomorrow." Like it was, it's crazy, kind of think back on it. But um, yeah, I had no plan, but yes. Yeah, so I I worked for a couple more months, uh, and then I came out to California. My my parents live in Orange County, so I came out and lived with them for a little while as I tried to figure things out and didn't really know what I wanted to do. And it took a while to figure out what that was going to be. I bopped around doing a bunch of different stuff um, production wise, just like being like PA on commercials. And I had an internship at a talent agency for a while that was really fun actually, but was unpaid. And I'm like, what was I doing? Like I didn't want to be a talent manager, like, but I was just looking for anything to sort of fill my time and uh just didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh and so it was just a, a weird time in my life because I remember being pretty happy because I think I was just in a new city and it felt exciting and it felt new, but I really had no direction. And the only direction sort of came when I uh went to work at TMZ, which is where I worked for two and a half almost three years, uh, which was a wild experience,
1: but, uh, yeah, work there. How did you get that job? That, that just seems like a crazy place to work.
0: It's the, I mean, it is, but I, um, I was just looking around for work. I, I, I wanted to, I was trying to find TV stuff, just like PA stuff. That was all I, you know, I, I started at Fox Sports Detroit as a PA ended as a PA So that was the all the experience that I had, really. So I was kind of just looking for PA work in TV, which in L.A. is pretty abundant, obviously, because there's so many shows and so much happening. But those jobs are hard to get. I mean, finding work in L.A. is really difficult. You kind of have to know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. Um, But I found a PA job listing uh, at TMZ. I think I couldn't I couldn't tell you where. And I applied. And then on LinkedIn, I found like the hiring manager somehow sent her a message and was like, hey, I applied for this job. Uh, I would like it. And she was like, oh, OK, uh, do you want to come in for an interview? I was like, sure. So I went in, interviewed and got brought on as a PA. So it was because I like reached out to some lady on LinkedIn, which is a piece of advice. I mean, I still do that. I did that literally yesterday. I like applied for a job and tried to find somebody on LinkedIn that I could message and be like, Hey, if you could help me at all with this, that'd be great. Um, I haven't heard back,
1: but, um, it's only been a day.
0: It's only been a day. It's a job with the red wings. Actually. I shouldn't say that. um, uh but yeah, so I got brought on as a, as a PA at TMZ and and started there, and then eventually worked my way up and ended after two and a half three years as uh, an associate producer on TMZ Live, which is one of the daily
1: shows that they produce. And it was just a crazy experience. How real is that? Because I've watched it um, a few times, and it just Here. seems like
0: so. There's T- so there's there's TMZ on TV and there's TMZ Live. So TMZ on TV is the one that... Harvey, oh, that's where the
1: one where they sit around.
0: Correct. Yeah, that's the, that's the sit around TMZ on TV. The one I produce is the one that is hosted by Charles and Harvey. Uh, and they sort of stand on set. And there's like a rundown on the, on the side of the screen. And people come on via Skype. That was my job for a while, was coordinating all the people that would come on Skype. So yeah, TMZ Live was the show that I, that I worked on while I was there. Why'd you leave there? Well, it's a decent story. How do I say this is? Well, it doesn't have to be brief, I guess. Um, so leading up to the presidential election in 2016, I'm not sure if you remember that, Randy, but...
1: No, I don't.
0: Who yeah. won?
1: Uh, <laughs> it definitely wasn't America.
0: <laughs> That's for sure. But I. Um, so leading up to the election, uh, so Harvey... You know, Harvey, Harvey Levin, like, found. Oh, yeah, we go way back. Do you? No. Oh, you fooled me. I wouldn't be surprised. He knows everyone. Yeah. So uh, in, in the lead up to the election, Harvey is, uh, or at least was, I, I don't know anymore, but uh, was pretty decent acquaintances with uh, Donald Trump. So he would uh, come on the show a couple times. TMZ, the website, would do stories that were essentially propaganda, just like building him up and trying to support him, basically. And then those shows would work their way into the TV show that I was working on just because that's how it works. Um, and it sucked. I hated it because I felt like I was, you know, all of a sudden, you know, TMZ is one thing, which is I'm not trying to defend it, but at least it's like, you know, we're talking about the Kardashians, right? And it's like, whatever, it's fluff and silly, but it's not necessarily hurting anybody. And then, you know, to one day we're talking about donald trump and sexual assault allegations and how people are lying and all this stuff and it was awful i hated it but in the back of my mind it was like all right come november you know at least this will be over and we can get back to you know working on talking about you know britney spears and Kanye west and whatever else things will get important stuff yeah the important stuff obviously so uh on the night of the election when i realized that things weren't going, uh, our way. Uh, I was really upset and felt obviously in a very, very, very small way. Uh, part of it and part of the problem that I had worked on this show that had supported this man and I felt gross. And so I had had like two bottles of wine mm-hmm. and I texted my boss cause I was my boss who was, who was, and still is a great friend of mine texted him because i was like i need to do this now or else i'm never going to do it Texted him saying i need to talk to you tomorrow morning and he said this sounds urgent like do you want to talk now and i was like no let's do it tomorrow morning so we would get in at five thirty every morning at tmz so at five forty-five, the morning after the election uh sat down in a conference room and told him that i quit um and he was like you know is, is this because of of what happened last night and i said yep and he said all right i I respect you I, I I can't blame you. It was sort of the same thing. He was like, "Can you stay on for a little bit <laughs> until we can find somebody to replace you?" And I said, "Sure can, don't have another job." So that's what I did. I stayed on for maybe I think I stayed on until the end of the year, so another month and a half, I guess. but yeah, I quit the day after the election, and then uh, that was it. I was done come come January 2017 i was I was
1: out the door. That's crazy, so in a way, you are responsible for the Trump presidency. <laughs> Listen,
0: I'm not not you know I I didn't do, I didn't do much to uh, to rail against it certainly you know it, it didn't feel great at the time I gotta tell you another thing I should say about TMZ it, it's it's filled with the hardest working people I've ever been around and there are it's the most progressive place I've ever worked. It's people from all different backgrounds, many queer people, it's it's a crazy place so i think it has this reputation of being kind of seedy and gross and i i think it's earned that in some respect but i have a lot of respect for people who work there who still work there people work their asses off there it's crazy i mean the environment is very demanding um and they do not hesitate to fire people at the drop of a hat i mean i was lucky to i was really liked there by my by my bosses and and to an extent by harvey and everybody else who was there um so i kind of lucked out but it's a crazy place um but i just want to say i mean people who work there i have a lot of respect for i you know a lot of people when i quit were like man i wish i could do what you did but i'm just too scared to have to find another job and and (laughs) those people were smart (laughs) um but um anyway suffice it to say uh yeah I don't think they are, uh, I don't think they're team Trump at TMZ anymore for one reason or another. But um, yeah, at the time it felt really gross. And so I, you know, I did what I felt like I had to do.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know what this says about me, but they're one of my top news, <laughs> news sites I go to. So
0: I mean, listen, I, 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 I've said this again, too. It's like they, they do an excellent job. I mean, it's the stuff that they do. There's nobody else doing what they're doing. They break so many stories. I mean, they work so hard there. I mean, the culture, uh, you know, it might be a little crazy, and I'm not sure it's the healthiest environment in the world, but it breeds results for sure. And, you know, they just crank out stuff at at such a level that uh, it's it's really quite astonishing. I mean, I've, I've had conversations with friends who have moved on from TMZ who have worked other TV jobs where they're like, oh god god you're you're, just be ready it's crazy here and then they get into it it's like this is nothing you know i think working at tmd like really really just throws you into the fire and then you know i think you're you come out pretty fully equipped to deal with anything else it's it's a place unlike any other i think for better or for worse
1: i need to take a quick break we'll be back right after this and we are back so is TMZ the way that you got yourself into, like, award shows?
0: Oh, no, Randy. I've been an award show nerd and geek since before I can remember. I Award shows are, like, my just crack. I, I sh- Like, I, I am obsessed with award shows. I am fortunate enough to go to the Emmys every year, which is, like, the craziest experience. I've been... I go with my mom every year um, because my, my, my dad has connections and we were lucky enough to have people who can get us tickets. And it's a tradition that my mom and I do every year. I think we were trying to figure this out. I think this year was the 20th time my mom and I have been.
1: Are you serious?
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, shit. It's wild. I mean, there are photos of me, like, on the red carpet as, like, an 11 or 12-year-old, like, in a tuxedo. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> uh, it's adorable. But, um yeah i'm upset i'm just obsessed with award shows you know it goes back to like oh god i since before i can even remember i just i'm i'm in love with
1: them so what's your favorite award show
0: you know it is so funny you say that because i was just having a conversation with my best friend kyle a couple hours ago about award shows because it is award show season which i'm sure where the sag nominations today a lot of thoughts um but uh It's tough. I think my favorite. I think the show I look forward to the most is the Golden Globes, because they're always fun and everybody's drunk and they're crazy. But the Golden Globes themselves are so meaningless and stupid. And like the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, the the association that puts on the awards is corrupt and stupid. But the Golden (laughs) Globes themselves, great show. Uh, Whereas the Oscars, listen, Oscar Sunday is is holy. But like you know, sometimes the Oscars ceremony. Kind of sucks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can be long and overwrought and not that exciting and not that surprising. The Golden Globes is fun because it's kind of early-ish into the season, and you know you just never know what you're going to get, really. So I would say the Golden Globes are the ones that I look forward to the most.
1: And this year, Ricky Gervais is back, so that'll be
0: crazy. I thought. Well, again, it's like you were. It's like you were in the text thread with my friend Kyle and I today. We were arguing about Ricky Gervais because. I don't know, like, I used to love Ricky. Maybe not love. I used to like Ricky a lot, and I've certainly enjoyed a lot of his, you know, I love The Office. I love extras for the most part, and I think he's a really funny guy, or used to be. And I think when he hosted the Globes in the past, he was really great and funny and kind of perfect for that job. Uh, I think he's just turning into kind of a hack now. I mean, he does these, like, transphobic jokes on his latest show that are so it's just like, I don't have time for that. You know, like he's just fallen into this trap of being this like out of touch rich guy. You know, we were like, all right. like I I don't know. I kind of hate that he's given that platform. It's kind of like the Kevin Hart thing with the Oscars last year. It's like, I, I, you know, I was happy that happened. I was happy he got fired. I'm, I'm not a Kevin Hart fan. I think the stuff that he said about gay people is insane and terrible. And if there's one night a year that <laughs> that the queer community comes together, it's really the Oscars. So to have him as the face of it, I think is unfortunate and stupid. So I'm just glad he was fired. Um, and I, I don't think Ricky really has a place being there either, but whatever.
1: He'll, he'll be fine. He'll insult the celebrities. He'll
0: it's fine. It's just, I know. I mean, yeah, sure. Whatever. I just like, can't we, can't it just be, a I mean, I don't know. Can't it just be a woman. Like, I don't know.
1: I mean, we well, like, the, the Tina Fey um, polar years were the best.
0: The best. I, you know, obsessed with them. Well, I just, it's crazy. Like, a woman should be hosting every award show. Women are so much funnier than men, and put it, there's just, I don't know, there's just so much better suited for that sort of thing, and I get that it's not, you know, it's about trying to get people excited, and viewers, and blah, 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 whatever, but man, like, ugh. and Ellen doesn't count. <laughs>
1: Is Ellen on your list now too?
0: Yeah, I don't like Ellen. I've never, well, I shouldn't say I've never liked Ellen. I used to love Ellen a lot growing up, but she's kind of falling into that same thing. She's in that like rich people bubble of like not understanding what they're doing or talking about.
1: Well, yeah, she has her her persona that she has for her show and she can get away with stuff because of it.
0: It's crazy to me she's still doing that show. I mean, she makes so much money, so I get it, But I don't watch that show anymore, but I'll watch a clip sometimes. She seems so miserable. (laughs) Like, she seems – and it seems so exhausting. Like, does she still dance? She must, right? I'm sure
1: she does. I don't watch – I don't get home in time for one. But like, did you see the video, though, of her getting called out by –
0: Dakota Johnson. It's the best thing I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. Incredible.
0: Incredible. Like, I didn't know how much I loved Dakota Johnson. (laughs) I don't think anybody did. Yeah. And now, man, huge fan. Going to go back and watch the Fifty Shades series?
1: Oh, good. Good for you. Oh,
0: God. Yeah, no, whatever. It's... I-, I wish I could support Ellen Moore, and I-, I appreciate all the stuff that she has done for the community, uh, but all that stuff is in the past, and uh, the
1: future ain't so bright. Yeah, well, I'm sure she'll retire soon, and her stand-up special she had on Netflix was bad. I didn't watch that, but I... Yeah, I mean, what's
0: it called? Relatable? Like, it isn't the whole thing about like, no, like, I, I, I'm i rich now, but like, no. Oh I'm yeah, still, that's the whole I'm thing. like you. You're like, oh, God.
1: Let's move on from Ellen, and Wait. let's talk about, I want to talk about podcasting, writing, and stuff like that, but before we do, I want to spend a few minutes on reality TV.
0: It's not going to be a few minutes, I'm telling you. <laughs> As you can tell, I like to talk.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. I've listened to you from the beginning and your Paro episodes. Is that how you pronounce his name?
0: Yeah, Paro, yeah. That that was both of us. I mean, that was more him than me.
1: That was, like, one of the first episodes I listened to, both of them. And I was was like, holy shit. Wrestling is crazy.
0: Well, and the fact that you kept listening after he and I talked for, like, three hours is very commendable. So, thank you.
1: For some reason... I've listened to every time you've been on with wrestling and it's like, I must like it secretly or something because what I'm saying, it's like a uh, Jack from the BBC. When you spoke to him, you talked wrestling. Oh gosh. I love Jack. So it's yeah. But anyways, reality TV, that's something. Also, I
0: once, on sorry. Me. Before we get into reality TV, I do have to say, and I, I hate to bring it to this and have it be this shallow, but like if you're looking for an easier way to get into wrestling, it's just like, really hot guys wrestling each other, Randy.
1: <laughs> well, I know. And I spoke to Dave Doyle, MMA reporter a few weeks I, ago.
0: I, I haven't listened to that.
1: And I I told them and I forgot I told them. I go, I like my wrestling like I like my porn with some story. <laughs> and I completely forgot I said that.
0: Like, why? That's a great line.
1: It it but it's true actually. But wrestling um, is
0: all storyline now. I'll send you I'll send you some like some wrestlers that'll pique your interest. And then I think maybe you'll, you'll get on board.
1: Oh yeah. Cause like HBK back in the day.
0: Yeah. That was pretty. Yeah. That was pretty influential for me. I mean, it's all about Finn Balor for me now who I'm sure yeah. you have seen and know. Oh yeah. I know
1: about him. Talk about him all the time. Um, but uh, anyway, yes. Yeah. Reality TV. And yeah, go ahead and send me those links by the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will. I will.
1: Yeah. So obviously Bravo Is the the king of reality TV right now? For most things, it seems like. Do you watch all the Housewives?
0: Every single one, yes. Really? I'm a I am obsessed. Have been for decades.
1: Wow, that's amazing. I used to watch Atlanta, OC, and Beverly Hills.
0: Okay, those are good. But
1: I've I've lost um, interest in all of them.
0: That's insane.
1: the last one being um, Beverly Hills, and that's because I am Team Lisa.
0: Which one? Oh, Vanderpump. Oh. Yeah,
1: Vanderpump. When I was down in L.A., I went to the,
0: oh, the Vanderpump incredible. Dogs. Did you, you didn't go
1: to any of the restaurants? No, I was so busy that I didn't have time. Well, you made time for dogs. I mean, yeah, I got my dogs <laughs> some treats. What kind of dogs do you have? Are they small dogs? Oh, yeah. One's a little Chihuahua mix and one's a little Terrier mix.
0: Yeah, it's weird that, like, Lisa is such a dog person, which I love and respect, but, like, every time you see her with the dog, they're, like, this little small dog, which is fine. I think small dogs are great. I'm more of, like, a big dog person, but, like, it's funny that, like, dogs are, like, her thing, but I don't think she would be caught dead around, like, a German Shepherd.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm sure she would. Don't diss Lisa Vanderpump.
0: No, I like Lisa. I mean, I... Yeah, I, I have thoughts about Lisa, but I uh, I kind of don't like the way she went out. I think, you know, kind of refusing to film with the girls and whatever, sort of not, not living up to to what the show is supposed to be all about. But, I, you know, I, I like Lisa. But, but uh, the ladies
1: made it about dogs constantly, the whole dog thing. And that's just not well, a story yeah, that matters.
0: Yeah, but, you know, we still don't really know what happened with Lucy, Lucy Applejuice. And yeah, I don't know. It, it just became a little too much. I, I think she was trying very desperately to sort of be on the show to promote her stuff, which is, you know, whatever. That's kind of, in essence, what they all do. But, you know, it seemed like every time she filmed, it was at Vanderpump Dogs or she was at a restaurant. And, you know, I watched Vanderpump. Wait, do you watch Vanderpump Rules?
1: No, I don't. What are you doing? I know.
0: Oh, it's so good. The Vanderpump Rules is, like, one of the best shows on TV. Um, <laughs> Not even kidding. Uh, Yeah, but I – anyway, I watched them all. I Yeah, Beverly Hills, it's interesting because Beverly Hills now is, is certainly one of my least favorite franchises, and it was one of my favorites for a while. I think it's just lost a lot of steam, and they kind of need to recast a lot of people. They're bringing on some interesting people for next season, so that should be – uh intriguing but uh yeah beverly hills is not one that i i really look forward to that much anymore but it could always bring me back in they always do orange county this season i was so out in orange county oc this year has been just fantastic
1: what makes it so good oh god there's so much
0: okay (laughs) um i mean at the root of it is really kelly dodd so kelly dodd is a fantastic housewife because she has anger problems and drinks too much
1: so, oh, perfect.
0: So she's great for the show. And then she and Vicky Gumbleson, Vicky Gumbleson, the OG of the OC, uh, is been reduced to a friend of the show this season, which is really interesting. She's like not holding an orange in the opening credits. Really controversial. Oh, my. I know. But uh, a, a lot of stuff between them and then Tamara's getting involved and then Shannon's involved. And it's all just these, you know, middle-aged women down in – where are they on this vacation? they're in shoot i forget now the bahamas wherever they are just yelling at each other just at this bar calling each other sluts it's really remarkable television i mean there's nothing quite like seeing a grandmother call another woman a slut oh yeah it's fantastic i love oc OC is great i mean i I, there's a, a little bit of a special place in my heart for oc because my parents live in orange county and i lived in orange county for a while and the the place where my parents live the neighborhood they live like bumps right up to where most of the oc housewives live oh yeah so whenever i'm watching it it's a little it's kind of fun because i feel like you know like oh i've been to that restaurant oh i've been to that bar like you know so it's kind of fun for that um but man i I just i I get such a joy out of the housewives
1: what about below deck
0: see i don't watch below deck oh see
1: that's my show
0: I know, and everyone tells me I need to be on Below—not not on the show. I should be on the watching train of watching Below Deck, because a lot of people like it. I, don't, I haven't gotten there yet. I'm, when it comes to Bravo these days, it's really Housewives or Bust for me, honestly. I'm watching the new season of Project Runway, which is back on Bravo. It's what, not the same without Tim. I know, although I think Christian does a good job. I like Christian on the show. I'm not, I, I miss Heidi more than I miss Tim.
1: Which well, is- I'm. I can't wait for their show to launch on Amazon. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty. I don't think I'm other than Vanderpump
0: Rules, which I'm watching and is great, and you should watch. I think that's. Yeah, I'm pretty much Housewives or bust on Bravo right now. I mean, the other reality I'm watching. I'm a, a big 90 Day Fiance fan. I don't know if you watch 90 Day Fiance. <laughs>
1: no, I don't.
0: Oh, uh, you could. It's a whole thing. I mean, there's 90 Day Fiancé, then there's 90 Day Fiancé before the 90 days, and it's a whole thing, and I spend hours every week watching. But that's... Yeah, I mean, those are my big reality loves
1: at the moment. That is a lot of reality TV, though. Do you What do you, uh, do you uh, watch scripted shows? I get nothing done.
0: Yeah, I do. I watch so much TV, it's crazy. I mean, it's really... It's an addiction. It's... i I mean, and I'm a huge movie buff, especially this time of the year. I'm, like, at the movies you know, at least once a week. And then I watch so much TV. I haven't I'm I'm kind of doing movies right now, so I'm not on the scripted T V train as much right now. Um but yeah, I, I watch everything. I, I, I try to watch everything. It's very exhausting. I bet it is. Yeah. It's tough. It's a tough life. And then also watching sports too. It's like yay. and
1: wrestling. How do you have the time to do all of that?
0: Um I don't have uh I'm single.
1: Oh,
0: <laughs> and I have like two friends.
1: <laughs> that sounds sad.
0: It's not for me. <laughs> Push them all away, so I can keep up with my girls in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I don't know. I watch. I'm I'm constantly stressed out about what I'm behind on. I mean, I'm behind on stuff all the time. And it drives me nuts. But every so often, I'll I'll try and find, like, a night when I
1: have no plans. I'll try and knock a bunch of stuff out. And what sport? Obviously, obviously you watch hockey. Is that your main sport? And then you watch – you seem like you watch all the Michigan State stuff.
0: I do, unfortunately. I mean, football season is mercifully almost over. We have a bowl game to look forward to. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's funny because, you know – because the aforementioned Red Wings are so bad, I mean, historically bad, like one of the worst teams in history, bad. um, It's hard for me to watch hockey. I still watch pretty much every Red Wings game, despite the fact that it's, they've lost 12 games in a row. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I don't know. I just am a glutton for punishment, I guess, but you know, whatever. I I try to support and at least like, I don't know. You watch for different stuff. I guess now you watch, to see how, you know, the young guys perform or whatever, you know, whatever. Um, but because they're so bad, watching other hockey becomes less enjoyable for me. So, like, normally I'm such an avid hockey viewer, but, you know, on a net, like tonight, I'd be like, oh, let's see what's going on. Like, watching good teams play hockey depresses me now. So I'm not watching as much hockey this year as I have certainly in past years of my life. I still watch a lot of it, but, you know, I'll watch pretty much every Wings game, uh, I love watching college basketball. So now that that's back, uh, I, I love, you know, I was watching college basketball like all night last night. It's a crazy year for college basketball already. I can't wait. Um, Michigan State has had a disappointing start, but should hopefully rebound. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> um, love college football. Uh, you know, that's wrapping up, obviously. So that'll free up some time on the weekends. Uh, same with the NFL. I, I love watching the NFL, despite maybe I shouldn't. I watch some NBA, especially being in L.A. with the Lakers and Clippers being so good. Yeah. It's fun. I don't, I don't really watch baseball anymore, so my summers are kind of free to catch up on a lot of stuff. But, yeah, I mean, I watch a, yeah, I watch a lot of sports, and there's a lot of wrestling on. I mean, like, there's wrestling on almost every night of the week, so it's, uh, it's a lot.
1: Well, let's get into, really, how I found you was with the podcast. When you started this podcast that you do, same team, obviously on the OutSports Network— was this your way of getting back into sports? yeah, I think
0: so it was It was something I'd been thinking about for a while because you know I always thought it was it was something that was missing, this niche that wasn't necessarily being filled and you know i I had the idea to start this gay sports podcast and talk to athletes and journalists and and whoever else just about their lives. um I've always been pretty good at least I think, at talking to people I like but I don't really like talking to people in real life. Like my nightmares, like having just like have a conversation with a stranger. But if, if I'm like interviewing them, I enjoy it. And so I, I felt like there was something missing and, and like something like that didn't really exist. So it was something I toyed around with for a while. And then one day just sort of took the plunge. And yeah, I think it was because I, I wasn't really doing anything necessarily with sports in my life professionally. And 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 said, "Why not? And when I started, I had no idea what I was doing. I you know bought microphones and all this equipment and, and truly like had to Google like how to do podcasts. Like I didn't know what I was doing at all. Um, but I thought, you know, why not? Like if it sucks, it sucks and no one's gonna hear it. And who cares? You know at least I'm trying something, at least I'm putting myself out there. And so you know, I think if I were to go back and listen to the early
1: episodes, I'm sure. It's bad
0: you know yeah. a, a lot of people like to tell me oh the show has gotten better
1: <laughs> which yeah, is not a nice compliment
0: i know which i think it's a way of people be like man your first episode sucked <laughs> and you're like okay um but yeah i do think the show has gotten better i think i mean i'm sure you can attest to this too i think having done so many of them now you get the feel for how to do it you know like
1: mm-hmm.
0: you just know what a conversation should be Sound like and and you know what beats you should be hitting, or whatever, but yeah, I think I missed being in sports and and I think I'd finally gotten to a point where I think after the experiences that I had had working in sports, I was ready to kind of not fight back, but just have my voice heard a little bit, you know and 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 have a place for people who maybe felt shunned by the world of sports or sports media. Uh, have a place to come and listen and and you know I wanted to just be a home of, of LGBTQ people who had thrived or were thriving or, or or just have had experiences in the sports world you know it, you know I, I always like to say I wanted to create a podcast that you know 16 year old me would have loved to listen to and and found inspiring and encouraging and urged them to keep going because there there is room for people like us in the world of sports and in sports media and it it can be difficult for for queer people to find their home and find their voice but hopefully you know through podcasts like mine and yours and all the other ones on the network we're giving voice to people who have been made essentially voiceless for for quite a while and and giving people you know the hope that you know you got to keep going and there is room for for people like us in the world of sports
1: It's funny because when you started this, Sid and Jim had had their—they did a podcast for a little while. Yeah, but you really were like—it was just you when you started. What's it been like as other people have taken it on? Is it? No, go ahead. Is—is it—is it it an odd thing?
0: No, not really. I don't think so. I mean, I think it's great. You know, I—you know, yeah. Like you said, when I when I started, it did sort of feel like I was the only sort of you know for lack of a better term sort of gay sports podcast out there, but then you develop a community around it and it's like for something like this, uh, I am I'm so happy that that other podcasts have popped up, other other people have popped up with their own ideas doing all sorts of great stuff. I, I think it's great. I mean that's the whole goal of it, right is to is to breed more support and more of a community. So I think it's great. I mean I it's it's been so fun to be, on the Outsports network because it does feel like there's this little community of people now who are doing, you know, similar, but different things. Um, Yeah. I think the space is there. I mean, fuck how many goddamn podcasts are there hosted by boring straight men? Like we don't, you know, who cares? There's millions, you know, there's room for, there's room for a handful of, of gay sports podcasts for sure. So it's been fun. I don't know. It's, it's been great. And you can, you can attest to this too. It's like, it's fun to, you know, have a guest on, who tells you like, oh, like I've listened to your show or, oh, like I, you know, I'm friends with so-and-so. I listened to their episode, you know, something like that. It's like, oh, it's, it's you, it feels like a pretty insular community really, which I think is really nice. So like, if we can't support each other, then what are we, what are we doing?
1: Yeah. I, and I, I sort of want to call you the, as the original podcaster, the daddy of podcasters.
0: Oh, Okay. I think that's the first time I've ever been called a daddy. <laughs> I mean, really, you're too young for that. But Thank you for clarifying that.
1: Um, I just thought that, you know, you were the one that, should I like, put, you're the oldest podcast on that sports podcast. Should I, should I put that in, like, my Twitter? That box? should be your tagline. Yeah, the daddy of podcasting. Of, yeah. of
0: the daddy of the sports, of sports, of sports podcasting. podcasting. That's not bad. Should I make shirts? I think you should. And sell merch. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way uh, to do it. I know god I mean lord knows but uh well thank you for saying that I guess it's yeah it's uh yeah I don't know it was it, it's it's not like a crazy novel idea I had you know to like talk to you know queer people in sports but I think the fact that it wasn't much of a thing uh shows that you know I think people still feel kind of timid to you know come out and you know we've seen that but even in the time that I've started my podcast which I don't even know how long it's been, a couple of years or whatever. There's been so much progress made, which is great. You know, there's there's a lot of good stuff happening. So I think, you know, the further that we can push and support each other, just,
1: you know, more good things are going to keep happening. Has there been a guest for you where you're just like, holy shit, I can't believe I'm talking to this person?
0: That's a good question. I would I mean, I think the answer is probably Sid, honestly, because I was at his house and it was my first one I'd ever done. And I was just, like, sitting across the kitchen table or dining room table from him at his, like, beautiful house on the Hollywood Hills. And I was just sitting there, my first one, being like, are the mics working? Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. (laughs) And so that was crazy for many reasons, just because I've been such a fan of sit-and-out sports for so long. And then also it was in person. He was sitting across from me. And it was the first one. It was pretty intimidating. Like, I remember pulling up to the house, and I was like, had my gear and my backpack, you know, I'm like, can I, What am I I'm. Sh- I, I don't think I can do this. Like I, there was a moment where I was like, I'm, I can't, I'm leaving. But then I was like, okay, just do it. And I did it and he was great. And you know, you know him and he, it was wonderful. Um, so okay. That's,
1: such a nice guy.
0: Yeah. So that was a, that was a crazy experience for a bunch of different reasons.
1: Yeah. I can't imagine your first one being in person. Although I find the in-person one so much better. Okay. Drag me to hell, Randy. Do you not like in-person interviews? No, I'm saying we're not in person right now. Are you saying this? Oh, are you saying that sucks? No, 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 no. Well, so little I'm
0: little to drive up to you right Yeah. I no, I mean I I must... just find them easier. Interesting. I've only done you do more in person than I have. I've only done
1: two. Can that be right? I think I've only done two in person. I think um, I've only done like six in person.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's a lot more than me. I I think I think in general you're probably right. I think they are better just because you are you're excuse me you're having a conversation with somebody you know you're like looking at them and I think that's a lot easier than whatever you know talking to a computer or whatever. But I don't know. But the it's funny. So you might be right because my other example of favorite ones or, or ones that I was couldn't believe were happening was literally my other in person one which was with Jake Atlas, who is a openly gay wrestler and actually just signed with WWE. And I've been a big fan of his for a long time. And so we went and I recorded uh, with him in person at this place where he trains. And we literally like sat on the ring and I interviewed him. So that was that was cool. Like that felt like a cool moment.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine as a wrestling fan, as someone who enjoys doing this being just an ultimate moment for you.
0: Yeah, it was, yeah, it was really, really wild. And Jake is great, and I'm very excited about all the stuff that he's uh, about to accomplish, hopefully. I mean, the sky's the limit for him. It's very cool. So, yeah, I think Sid and Jake would be probably the two that come to mind right off the, uh, right off the bat.
1: Oh, okay. You've also taken the time and written some articles, right? Yeah. Um, I know you for sure you have one on Outsports, but you've written at other places, I take it?
0: Well, sort of. Yeah. I mean, not, not. Not that much. I mean, the writing stuff is something that I'm I'm getting back into over the course of the past year. So within the past uh, year, I've written uh, a number of, of stories about wrestling for Outsports, two. Um, and then I'm working on another one, hopefully. And then I'm working on another story right now that's non-wrestling related. But it's just been really – it's been fun. The, the first one that I did for Outsports was just about sort of the wealth of – LGBTQ talent in the world of indie pro wrestling which Jake was interviewed and was so kind to give me more of his time and you know I think that's another thing about wrestling that a lot of people don't maybe necessarily realize is like independent wrestling certainly right now is a very progressive place more often than not um there's a lot of exciting stuff happening and so I wrote a whole story about that then the second one it did was a story about Nyla Rose, who's this transgender wrestler who wrestles for AEW, which is sort of the big WWE competitor right now. So I wrote those two stories for Outsports, and, you know, the feedback was really great. And, like I said, working on a couple more right now. And, like, I, I've always loved writing, just been kind of out of the game for a while. So it, it's been fun to get back into that world. I mean, because writing is such a beast, you know, it's, it's so different from anything else. I mean, having to sit down and well, I was going to say, put pen to paper, that's not quite how things work <laughs> anymore, but having to sit down and really go through and, and piece something together. I love that process. So I'm always looking for more, uh, for more ways and, and avenues to do it. But uh, yeah, it's been really fun getting back into writing. Cause I, I really enjoy it. I mean, it's, man, it can be quite an arduous sort of frustrating process, but once you sort of crank something out that you're proud of, I mean, that's, that's the best feeling. Have you ever
1: thought about writing for the other wrestling websites?
0: So, yeah, sort of, I mean, like, I don't know, it's, it's the sort of thing where it's hard to really know what to do and where to go and who to pitch and, and what to do necessarily. Like I, I like, yeah, I mean, a goal of mine certainly within the next year is to kind of expand and write other places because I think, you know, not to discount Outsports at all, but that you know that audience knows what it knows. Like, I don't think, you know, writing a story about how interesting and cool uh, some gay wrestlers can be is going to shock that many reg like regular visitors to Outsports. You know? Yeah. So I think taking that story to more of a mainstream site or outlet is exciting and kind of the next goal. So that's something I'm definitely focused on. I've sort of started trying to make some progress towards but yeah i mean certainly i i i, I love writing about wrestling because it comes so naturally to me i just, i mean it's you know I, I just could talk about it forever and and enjoy writing about it so yeah i mean i'm excited about you know trying to uh trying to explore there's over wrestlemania weekend in which is in april in tampa this year effie who was on my podcast is uh doing he's calling it effie's big gay brunch and so it's just like whole this like queer wrestling event that's happening wrestlemania weekend that uh, i uh, i think i want to try and write a story about and hopefully fingers crossed if if everything goes well i'm gonna go to wrestlemania weekend in tampa in april we'll see how that goes though
1: oh really yeah we'll see we'll see that's the goal well our time is coming to an end soon i want to ask you this is my last episode before christmas so what are your plans for christmas
0: uh, I am actually uh, flying to Detroit on Christmas Day with uh, my family, with my parents and my brother. We are flying to Detroit, and I hope... Wait, when will this come out?
1: Before Christmas. Okay. Well, I guess I've already spoiled it. I hope my grandpa doesn't listen to this. <laughs> he probably won't. Uh, he might. He loves you, I'm sure.
0: He listens to my podcast, which is something I didn't know until recently. Um, Well... Hopefully he doesn't listen to this. Oh, uh, we're going to surprise him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't put that question in just in case. No,
0: no, no. He, no, he, no. He only, he only listens to my podcast when other people play it for him. Okay. You would have no idea, you know. Um, I love you, Grandpa, but uh, not the most, like, he mistakenly FaceTime calls me almost once a day. Um, oh, so- Nice. So, uh, yeah, so I'm going to – it's going to be really nice, actually. We're going to Michigan for, like, a little family reunion. A bunch of our family is coming together to surprise my grandpa. So we're going to spend some time in Michigan uh, just going around, hanging out in Detroit, and Metro Detroit. And then uh, the families leave on the 29th, I think. And then I am staying an extra, like, five days um, with some friends. And we're just going to hang out and – do new year's eve in detroit and just chill and probably drink a lot of beer and have a good time so i'm excited
1: nice yeah what are you doing i just family's all local so i drive for 20 minutes and i'm there
0: okay well i mean sounds a lot less expensive
1: yeah it's easy let me wrap up with the question i ask everyone if you can go back in time to you being 12 13 years old what's the one thing you could tell yourself to help you get through you know discovering your sexuality and everything
0: i think what i would tell myself is that it doesn't matter how much time it's going to take don't stress about the time and anybody who is worth anything is going to be okay with it and i think that the worlds that you want to live in the things that you want to do may not always come easy but with some fight and with some fortitude uh you can make a name for yourself a little bit you know i i I think when I was that age, I was so stressed out about anybody knowing, and nobody really was paying attention, first of all. Just, you know, whatever. Nobody, Nobody's paying attention to a 12-year-old kid when he's, you know. Every move that I made, I was scared someone was going to think I was gay. I was like, they don't care. They're not paying attention to you. But I think it's it's that time is is your friend, and that there's no rush, and that things are going to happen when they happen, and things are going to happen because you find your people. And for me, that that happened when I went to college. Um, you know, I found friends who were cool with me, and then you know, gradually things happen. And you come out to people when you come out to them. So don't I, you know? Don't stress about time. Just take your time, and uh, and everything will everything will fall into place. Sweet.
1: Well, Daniel, thank you so much for coming on.
0: Thank you, Ray. This has been uh, this has been wonderful. It's, I'm I'm thrilled to have been a guest.
1: Thank you, Daniel, for coming on my podcast. I had a lot of fun talking with you. For the people listening, thank you, thank you for supporting me and listening to my podcast. You can follow me on follow me at LPFPod Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me on Facebook. Like I said, I'm taking the next two weeks off. I hope you all have a happy Christmas and a happy New Year. And I will see you in early January. Take care.